And so if the ratings were working and if tournaments were fair, we would see way more than 20% of matches going to three games. Right now, it's about 18% of all matches in a tournament oh, really? going to three games. That's upsetting. Yeah. We have to create better amateur experiences if we want players to keep coming back. Welcome to the future of pickleball. This is the podcast where we talk to the movers and shakers, people that are making the sport go to the next level. We're all familiar with how hot pickleball is right now. Now we're going to talk about where it's going. My guest today is Jill Braverman. She's the CEO of Duper. That is the dynamic universal pickleball rating system. It has taken over the sport of pickleball and will do nothing but explode. Let's welcome Jill Braverman. Hi, Thank Jill. You. Thank you, Paul. I'm thrilled to be here. I didn't know I was a mover and shaker, so this you, is all news to me. Thank well, you. Well, I, uh, I know who the movers and shakers are, and you've, you're you fitting the bill. Thank you. you know, one of the things that's been so interesting for me, I've been around the game of pickleball for a pretty long time now. Um, it started with my generation, and it's moved to your generation, and now even younger. It's kind of cool to talk to the people that are, are deeply involved with where it's going. Would you just give our viewers a little bit of an update? Everybody doesn't know what Duper is and how it works. Would you kind of enlighten us? Absolutely. Duper is dynamic universal pickleball rating, as you said yourself. It rates every player regardless of their skill, age, gender, or geography on the exact same two through eight scale. So for the amateurs, your rating falls between two and five, and then the scale expands above five to eight. For the pros, I believe Ben John's number one in the world right now by Duper and many other ranking systems is about a 7.3 Duper. Now, what will Ben have to do to get to an eight? <laughs> to be determined, right? A little, okay. bit of, little bit of room there for inflation in the future. Now, one of the things that I know from the time I've uh, heard about Duper and saw it starting to come out, I, I became a, 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 a Duper app player immediately. Um, and I initially was a little startled with, mm-hmm. well, there's no room for old guys. There's no room for women. There are not, I shouldn't say room, there's no sure. difference. What was the idea of having a singular rating system? That's a great question. I get asked that concept or that question quite a bit around universality is what we say. So Duper is a universal scale. Yeah. So why aren't all ratings and ranking systems universal? Well, first, it's just really hard to do. And we were able to quote, you know, crack that code and our algorithm is able to rate all players accurately across the player population. So my background is I spent three years running the commercial department at a company called Universal Tennis, formerly known as UTR. The UTR rating is the de facto standard in college recruiting for tennis, and it's uh, now really a mainstay even in the adult space and especially in the junior space. And that is also a universal scale that rates players between 1 and 16. So if you don't have to have a, uh, a delineation between male and female, old and young, all of a sudden you get to remove brackets. There's 65 to 75 brackets in an average amateur tournament. 50 plus, 55, 60, 65, 3035. Running a tournament like that is, is chaos, number one. And number two, expecting to be able to find a partner that matches your perfect bracket plus your your perfect age, and then you also have to segment by gender, it's really hard to find partners for tournaments. So sure. what Duper does is on top of being the most accurate rating, there's tools and technologies on top of it to run events. 
to participate in leagues, making finding partners easy. I mean, imagine running a tournament. No double elimination. That's killing our sport. We've got to get out of double elimination. And now you're playing in a tournament. You know exactly how many matches you're going to get. You know exactly when you're going to play. You're guaranteed at least four. And by the way, finding a partner is easy because you can play with a 30-year-old, a 50-year-old, a male, or a female because the rating actually works. And if the rating works, we don't need all this delineation and lines of demarcation between age and gender. Cool. And, and I, I can testify to the fact that it, it rates because I know I have a UPTR rating and my duper rating's a little lower, but I'm not the youngest person on the court, but it's mm -hmm. been shocking to me how accurately when I meet somebody and, it, and I'm playing with some 19 and 20 year olds that go, boy, the old boy can hang, exactly. but it really is demonstrated in the duper rating. So exactly. I, yeah. So I, I hear all the time from um, uh, individuals who don't quite understand the universal nature of the algorithm that how could a 3-5 senior female be the same as a 3-5 19-year-old male. And so what I would say to that is the algorithm literally doesn't see your gender or your age. It's just looking at your results right. and your performance. So a 3-5 UTPR female in duper could be a little bit lower, could be a little bit higher. And also something to note too is if you're a little bit older, you might be more consistent. A little bit younger, yeah, you might be hitting it a little bit harder, but you miss more. The algorithm takes all of that into account based on your performance. That's how a 3-5 female senior could be the same as a 3-5 19-year-old male. Sure. It's just looking at your performance. And say that as a male, 19-year-old, 3-5, you get your butt handed to you by the 3-5, 55-year-old female. Well, guess what? Your duper is going to go down. So it's a self-correcting mechanism. And, and I'll testify to you that that's exactly what I've experienced in the time that I've seen it. I've been encouraging, I live in Surprise, Arizona, and I've been encouraging more and more of our players to sign up on Duper because it really eliminates the sandbagging issues that we've had. So I think you guys are really on the right track well, with that. Well, thank you so much. It, it really blows my mind because we're, we're a data and analytics company and we're constantly looking at uh, retroactive tournament results. And so if the ratings were working and if tournaments were fair, we would see way more than 20% of matches going to three games. Right now, it's about 18% of all matches in a tournament oh, really? going to three games. That's upsetting. Yeah. We have to create better amateur experiences, be frankly, better professional experiences, which we can talk about in a little bit as well, if we want players to keep coming back. There's only 300,000 tournament players. Players out of have, 5 million? Out of what I think is really closer to 8 million when you look at Google searches, YouTube uh, views oh, on videos, wow. when you look at retail sales, ball sales, paddle yeah. sales, right? There's a new number every week. So even if we split the difference, and let's say it's 6 million, right? We have to figure out a way to deliver amazing first-time competitive experiences to the recreational players who are new to the sport. And if we can't do that, we're not going to be, we're, we're going to be just like tennis delivering you know <laughs> an experience that ends up with 66 percent of first-time participants not returning back to the sport we cannot be that for pickleball wow very nice very nice now in the in the evolution of duper and its connection with mlp and now i understand you guys are how are you connected could you explain to us exactly what the mlp uh duper connection is. Absolutely. Uh, I like to say my sister company. So Major League Pickleball shares uh, co-ownership and the exact same founder, Steve Kuhn, a brilliant man. I think the, the true visionary and innovator of, of Pickleball is Steve. 
So Steve started both Major League Pickleball and Duper within about a year of each other. And so it is, is there, um, with, with things that we see from MLP as an example, with the turn or with their uh, league format, yes. and, and a heavy emphasis on uh, rally scoring. Mm -hmm. How does that play into Duper, or does it play into Duper? No, it absolutely does. So right now, Duper Teams is a concept that's launching across the country, and it's the MLP format that we call ML Play, and that is coming now to the amateur game. How cool is that, that as an amateur, you now could have the experience that the pros have, and to play on two male, two female teams for a chance to make it to a national team championship that we're announcing this week. Um, so there's a lot of crossover and uh, uh, lots of similarities between our entities in that regard with the format and then also the adoption of rally scoring. Uh, personally, as a player, I love rally scoring. As someone who's watching it, I love rally scoring. It is really hard to do and bring big media deals to pickleball with side out scoring. Zero, zero, 002, zero, zero, 001, the score is zero, 00 for 20 minutes maybe, 10 minutes, and as a viewer you turn it on, five minutes later you're still at zero, 00. It's hard I think for a viewer to form a connection with mm -hmm. what's transpiring when it's frankly that slow. And it's really hard for, for a media rights deal if you can't say that within 30 or 45 minutes you know that the match is going to be complete. Uh, from a betting and a gambling angle and from a duper predictiveness angle, rally scoring helps a lot as well. Because if you have a match that goes 8-11 and it's side-out scoring, I don't really know how many points was won by either player because there's side-out scoring. But in rally scoring, I know exactly how many. So yeah. for me, looking at it as a, a viewership perspective, a player perspective, a gambling perspective, and a media rights perspective, rally scoring is the future. Now. I'm in the pickleball space. I travel all over the country. I meet a lot of people. I'm, I'm out there constantly asking the question. I played my first rally scoring match at, at Newport Beach about two months ago, two and a half months ago, with a guy named Steve Kuhn. Yes. That was the first time I'd ever played it. What did you think of it? I, it, was, it was so clean and simple. And what it actually, it, I think it would help my game personally because it puts a huge emphasis on don't make unforced errors. Right. But it was interesting because now as I travel and I'm, I'm talking to people about this, oh, well, we don't want that change. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I say, well, have you played rally scoring? Well, no, I haven't. <laughs> well how, do you, how would you suggest to the people watching this at their club level or at their group level, what oh. would you recommend to them? Well, I, I think anything new is difficult. The future is never easy, first and foremost. Uh, but it is a future worth embracing. It is worth trying. I have really yet to find someone who has tried it personally and said, I just don't like this. Yes, it moves fast, and that is something that requires a hair of getting used to. And I believe it enables the comeback. It does. And I does think that makes for some pretty entertaining uh, pickleball. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and so I think... Um, what we deal with here on this podcast is about where the sport's going. Everybody knows that pickleball's hot now. We're at the at 2022. We're at the U.S. Nationals. It's an amazing venue. Um, but we need to be exploring who are the leaders of the pack and where is it going? Well, well, I think you brought up a really good point there. We have to think about the future. And something that I should have mentioned and I didn't, why I also love rally scoring, is its simplicity. So if we're going to build a bridge between the super competitive everyday player and 
the recreational player playing at the public park. That's not going to be done through side-out scoring. I can't tell you how many of my, my friends who play recreational are too scared to play in a league, are too scared to play in a tournament, because they can't conceptualize the scoring. They're nervous. Am I on the right side? Am I on the wrong side? What's the third number mean? So we want to be able to bring this to the masses. We have to be able to bring this to the masses, but in an organized fashion. And the scoring is at the heart of that. It is absolutely at the heart of that. So now as people are watching this, and they, they may be hearing about rally scoring in detail for the first time, how can they get involved? How, what should they do to experience this or get involved with Duper? Well, well what's interesting is uh, we talk about the future on this podcast, which I love. I'm, I'm not, and this isn't really answering your question, I apologize, but I'm not certain that the rally scoring in its existing format is actually the correct version of rally scoring. And Steve and I go back and forth on this uh, every couple of weeks. And to his credit, he's always open to hearing an idea that betters the sport, makes the sport more simple, engages more people. Um, so I have a concept where I'd love to see the, the momentum of the server carried over, actually. So um, with the current MLP structure, and I believe that exact format has been submitted by the USA Pickleball Rules Committee uh, for approval. I, th I think it might have been approved. I'm not 100% certain. But what I would love to see is if you win on the do side or the right side and you served, you would carry that over. So you're always receiving from the same position which I think is the tougher part of side-out scoring, is yeah. what, from where am I starting, from where am I receiving? Yeah. But you get to carry the momentum of your serve over, which I think is critical because then uh, a receiver will see a different serve. Right now, if you watch MLP, you're always gonna see the same serve from, from the, the same, same player side. the entire time. So I think that's a really minor modification that could add a little bit more intrigue into, uh, into rally scoring. And I'm sorry, that didn't answer your question. <laughs> so, but then to go back to my question, how does, so for, for someone that's watching this in yep. Minneapolis that goes, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on, yeah. I don't know what to do, but it sounds intriguing or it sounds like it would be fun to find out, what would you recommend that they do to, uh, to, uh, to get involved? Should they join Duper as a beginning point? That's a great question. So first off, if you're in Minneapolis, I'd say go join a Lifetime. We recently became uh, the official and exclusive rating of Lifetime clubs. Oh, they already, perfect. <laughs> um, they're investing over a half a billion. Talk about a mover and a shaker. Baram Akradi, the CEO of Lifetime, such a visionary, has uh, is in the process of building over 500 courts, would have invested over half a billion dollars into actual court creation, which I think you want to talk about the future is the absolute uh, if not the most critical, top three critical uh, items that needs to happen right now for our sport to continue to reach 40 million by 2030, which is our MLP and Duper, and I think really the collective community's goal. So if you're in Lifetime and you can't join, a, or I'm sorry, if you're in Minneapolis and you can't join a Lifetime, then I would say you can absolutely still download the Duper app. We have MLP style leagues coming to, to all of Minnesota nice. right now in Minneapolis. Nice. And you can download the app, it's totally free. Anyone can have a rating, and you can even post scores against other unrated players. And still, the logic of the algorithm is smart enough to give you a rating. Very cool. Very cool indeed. You know, something that I like when I get an opportunity, you came from a very extensive tennis background. Um, you've been an athlete your whole life. When you were exposed to pickleball, tell me about what that process was. Um, love at first sight, absolute and utter addiction. 
very fortunate that at my home club in Newport Beach, they had a pickleball net. So my sister and I, two recovering tennis players, would go out and basically play tennis on a pickleball court. But it gave us such joy and such renewed love for a racket sport yeah. that we otherwise would not have had because we were burned out from playing competitive collegiate tennis. So when I hear tennis players say, you know, this is a threat, pickleball is a threat to tennis, I say, I actually think it is the gateway to all racket sports. It's the, it's the gateway drug to racket sports. I think kids who start in pickleball, they have so much more instant gratification, literal serotonin and endorphin release when the paddle touches the ball, that we should get them into pickleball. And that's a bridge to tennis where you're not getting that instant gratification because it's more difficult. Right. Even with red ball and, and, and all the different colored balls and the smaller court formats, the perfect starting point for these kids could and should be really pickleball. So now when we, we get to the point where we're talking about going from, let's say six, six and a half million players to 40 million players by 2030, what are the two or three things that you think the sport and the overall pickleball community have to do to enable that to happen? Yeah, I think it's three things. I think a universal rating, and I can talk about, talk about why I think that's absolutely critical in a second. Um, better technology, tools and technologies, which includes far superior formats, formats for tournaments, formats for leagues, formats for ladders, and three, ultimately, court creation. A lot of people don't know this, um, but how come there's so many tennis courts? Does anyone, do you ever wonder that? You, you drive past a city, lots of empty, public city tennis courts. Well, um, the governing body of tennis, very strong, very smart. Uh, many years ago, they lobbied in D.C. for the creation of tennis courts. So something Steve Kuhn and I talk quite a bit about, and they were successful, obviously. Look at all the courts. So something Steve and I talk a considerable amount about is the creation of a pickleball pack, PPAC, to go and do the exact same thing for the creation of courts. If we're going to have 40 million players by 2030, which is completely realistic just looking at the current and projected growth rates of the sport, how many thousands is that per existing pickleball court? The, the math is, is painful. Right. So that needs to be really front and center in the governing body's mind, MLP's mind, Duper, uh, PPA, APP. We really need to come together and unify around this concept of court creation, or we're going to be, or we're going to be delivering an experience for a first-time player who's waiting for a court for 45 minutes. Sure. Actually, I'm looking forward. I've got a, I've got an interview that'll be done later in the spring with a mayor nice. in a pretty big-sized city who ran on a pickleball platform, and he won decisively, and. And it was his views, I'm told, are that he believes that his community will benefit from having the lead in the metro area that he's in um, because of pickleball's prominence, growth, and expansion. It's going to be kind of fun to see how those things start to come together. Absolutely. And kudos to him for having that forward-thinking attitude about it. So now, um, you mentioned... Uh, the the duper how duper can work into some of these other things beyond simply a universal rating absolutely. guide us absolutely so just the other day we saw the unification around the pro game of pickleball so exciting between mlp ppa and the vibe tour something that the pickleball diehards in the community has been really hungry for peace unification 
And what we're going to see really soon, hopefully within the next 24 hours, is a large announcement around an equivalent unification for the amateur game. So when are we going to hear this, Jill? <laughs> uh, hopefully within the next 24 hours, a true unification around ratings, formats, software, tools, technology, oh. a really watershed moment for the amateur game. And I think that uh, the amateur game is hungry for that and needs that just as much. So what else is, is Duper involved in? Right now, powering other platforms. So other technology providers to make sure that if you're running a league on uh, pickleball brackets or playing in a tournament on pickleballtournaments.com, that you are gonna have a fair and fun experience. And frankly, with more innovative formats. So we talk about um, double elimination being poisonous for the sport, for both the pros and the amateurs. So how do we imbue into the culture and the community four matches in four hours, modified compass draws, staggered entry, playing for pros, um, pros on the court till eight, nine at night and 10 hours of play, that's not healthy. So um, I think a rating is at the heart of a lot of that, to be honest, to create these, these better formats, better draw components, staggered entry, playing, like I said, are all now going to be real options for both amateurs and pros. Very cool, very cool indeed. Well, as we're starting to get to the time that we're getting to near the end, I've got a couple of really critical questions. I've seen you play on the courts. You bring a little theater to the game of pickleball. Are we going to see more of that theater in the near future? Oh man, Paul, um, I retired. You <laughs> don't go there. Um, I retired to run Duper. I never wanted there to be a perceived conflict of interest between uh, between playing and then you know um, controlling the rating system that is used in the Major League Pickleball Draft, that's sure. used uh, even with the PPA and some of their pro events. And I think uh, I was talking to Steve again, our founder, and he said, you know, don't don't stop anything that brings you joy. And for better or worse, pickleball seems to bring me a lot a lot of joy so i would love to start playing well or maybe the exhibition circuit <laughs> very nice very nice indeed well i want to say jill thank you so much for this this is exactly the kind of information that we're looking for the the marketplace out there you guys are all seeing this sport growing in your local markets to realize the detail the plans the organization that's being done in the background to help make this uh, sport grow exponentially it's people like jill Steve Kuhn, we're so excited. Thank, Thank you. you very much for your time. Thank you, Paul. Thank you.